Kuf files or the Pfizer files have dropped on Twitter. And uh, the main actor at the center of this is Scott Gottlieb. And uh, it looks like there's been a little bit of activity here, including um, seeing Senator Ron Paul weigh in and other several prominent uh, government officials uh, weighing in on this. And that I actually finally like to see. Yesterday we had uh, the first kind of round of these types of files released by Alex Berenson, uh, who definitely had an ax to grind, uh, and uh, but it didn't really change what was in the tweets or in the information. Quick summary. Uh, Alex tweeted out, you know, for those of you who'd rather see the whole Gottlieb Twitter thread, here it goes. So he put it all out in a thread, which is what Elon wanted, I believe. I think he was mad that Alex linked out to a Substack so quickly. But you see, <clears throat> ultimately, you had Gottlieb, who's the main actor here, stepped in uh, from Pfizer, emailing White House lobbyists and demanding censorship of United States citizens, in particular also doctors sharing truthful statements about Pfizer's product, the poke. On October, August 27th, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, a Pfizer director with over 550,000 Twitter followers, saw a tweet he didn't like, a tweet that might hurt sales of Pfizer's product. The tweet explained correctly that natural immunity after COOF infection was superior to poke, the product. It called on the White House to follow the science and exempt people with natural immunity from upcoming mandates, a totally reasonable explanation or, or matter. Look, and I've often said, and I will say again, you know, whatever your status is, that's your business. It's none of my business. Um, I think that it's probably safe to say that there's a good bit of people experiencing some rage, some regret, some um, anger over, you know, the fact that they were forced to get this. How many people say, well, you... You don't weren't you weren't necessarily forced. You made a choice. Yes, I suppose that's true. But sometimes you know people have to support their families, um, or their jobs, their livelihoods are on the line. And you know they thought based on the information they had, they were making an okay decision. Well, now we're seeing all sorts of people uh, feel very differently about that. Um, and you have all these things essentially uh, going on here with a White House correspondent and Twitter uh, to censor doctors on Twitter. And this is quite the bombshell. We even got Rand Paul in, which is basically the only guy we it seems like we can count on who who will call these corrupt, uh, you know, put these corrupt people on blast. I think it was, I thought it was Rand Paul. Maybe it wasn't actually uh, because the, the Gottlieb individual uh, you know, it's it's very interesting. I thought it was I thought it was uh, Rand Paul, but I guess it wasn't. It was a different government official. But uh, you have obviously Gottlieb going into full defense mode now, and his defense is perhaps one of the most hilarious scumbaggy things I've ever seen. Scott Gottlieb, of course, put out a Twitter thread in which he locked the replies because he is afraid. In the past, I've raised concerns with Twitter related to the safety of me and others. Wrong. I want to bring up, I want to remind everybody 
that he was concerned about an, a doctor saying that natural immunity could substitute for his product, a product that they made $80 billion on or whatever. This is the original tweet. Nothing about this tweet is about this dude's safety, right? Nothing. This is like the typical leftist tactic where they'll say like, I feel unsafe. I was getting threats on my life. N never actually provide any of them as examples. So I've raised concern with, concerns with Twitter. Why do you even have that pipeline, bro? Uh, related to the safety of me and others and threats being made on the platform. This includes direct as well as specific threats. Sometimes it included statements that I believe were purposely false and inflammatory. Again, so let's lead with the I felt unsafe, but we know the truth because we saw your email, bro. We saw your email, you scumbag. You see a lot of people. <laughs> Dr. Andrew G. Huff, this guy should have a fair trial, followed by, well, I can't say that, Kyle Becker. You could put this issue to rest by releasing all of your communications with Twitter and show us what we're missing. I mean, you see a lot of people in here saying, it's true, Scott is on Pfizer's board, ex-head of the FDA. I was, quote, very wary. I didn't expect to find him to be so informative and balanced, but he was among first to advocate for masks. Balance on the poke. Musk makes him personally targeted by one of the lockdown's worst grifters. The protect the the uh, FDA protectors, the poke protectors are in full full effect. And this is, by the way, again, this is what happens when you get busted. And everybody in here, like, hey, here's Cernovich, you're legitimately one of the scummiest people alive. Another self-righteous fraud that thinks he is the science. Scott, you need to roll, uh, own up to your role. Here's Dr. Urso. In actively withholding information that would have saved lives. How many points with natural immunity took the poke and passed away as a result? That's on you. You were a bully and now you want sympathy. We call that sociopathy. I mean, Jake Shield, you belong in jail, law of self-defense. It would appear, Scott Gottlieb, that you're the Dr. Menangel of our century. Uh, I wish I'd gotten that reference. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Tim Swain, people are dead because you and your company lied. Uh, you know, a lot of people hit Jack Posobiec, delete yourself fraud. Yikes. That's a pretty, you know, specific uh, take. He's just getting absolutely crushed on this, on this damage control. A lot of doctors in here. Is this the Pfizer public relations team spinning his deeds? Advocating for censorship creates threats if it doesn't stop them? Most of this boils down to people being mean to him on Twitter. And I under, again, I want to point out, this is somebody who, by the way, also disabled the comments and replies on their thread. That actively censored, got, got people labeled as misinformation, things like that uh, with Twitter because he wants to sell product, in my opinion. He goes on. The selective disclosure of my private communications with Twitter stokes the threat environment. So does actions that empower people who've shown little restraint when it comes to purposeful vitriol. It instigates more menacing dialogue. Again, these are all about mean words. 
This guy made $350,000 minimum last year in salary. If the goal of the Twitter files is transparency, here's some of the private emails I have with Twitter related to the threats and safety, which weren't released. Nobody cares about people being mean to you on the online, dude. You're one of the most powerful people in the country. Former commissioner of F or F F FDA or whatever. Now you're on the board for Pfizer. And, you know, don't forget exactly what Pfizer's, what your job is on the board at Pfizer, right? Like dudes actually using the same White House correspondent to get people uh, censored off Twitter. And nobody's having it. This guy... And by the way, there was a time where liberals were against big pharma. Now that they, they suckle at their teeth, now they're out here defending them. It's absolute disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. These people need to be brought up on charges. They don't get to be above the law. The whole thing, I think that what was one of the most disgusting parts about it is that, you know, the, we, we put together this condensed timeline and then we forced everybody to take this thing. And then we said, ah, Pfizer, you're not going to be held liable. If anything goes wrong, isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that seem odd that w Pfizer could, you know, have a terrible product that maybe did something very terrible, but they don't ever have to worry about uh, getting sued for that. I don't think that's how corporations should be set up in this country. Now, I don't know if all these people are doctors, but a lot of doctors in, in the replies crushing this dude. This is what happens. Like, this is why so many people take like 500 pills a day. And all this crap is because of companies like Pfizer. They convince everyone they need to be on all this stuff. And if this guy was really interested in debate, uh, I, I do find it interesting and pretty hilarious that the dude uh, is has turned off the replies. This was his response to being outed publicly. And again, this was not like some tiny thing. This was a Pfizer board member secretly pressing Twitter to hide posts challenging his company's massively profitable product. And in at least one case, Twitter agreeing, by the way. $81 billion is how much Pfizer made last year on the poke. And one of these other times are extremely suspect and diabolical, where he's asking somebody who's talking about, uh, you know, uh, kids not needing it ahead of when they rolled out the product for kids. He was, he's, to me, he seemed, you could see why Gottlieb objected to Hart's words is not clear. But fi the Pfizer product would soon be approved for children 5 to 11, representing another massive market for Pfizer if parents could be convinced that the COOF was a real threat to their children. Boyle referred to, quote, former FDA commissioner Gottlieb when he reported the report, again, ignoring Gottlieb's current work for Pfizer. That's on purpose, by the way. This was Pfizer working directly with Twitter and apparently White House correspondents or White House, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, um, lobbyists to censor the speech of not only American citizens, but medical doctors. And by the way, medical doctors who were sharing correct information, we now know. And that this was his response. But people were mean to me. Lock this dude up. Like, absolutely lock this dude up. You see Alex saying, the comments on this are sad effort to defend Scott Gottlieb are stunning in the best way. People have had enough. They've seen 
the product fail with no longer and no longer accept lectures from folks who have been wrong for three years and won't begin to admit reality, much less apologize. Disgusting. Keep the pressure on. Hopefully they continue to release more files because the truth is what we all seek. I'm definitely seeing a lot of polarized reporting on Andrew Tate, even in my own comment section. There is a lot of emotional attachment to this uh, case, and I actually totally understand why. I think that there's a lot of good reason to question uh, exactly what's going on with this investigation in Romania. I think <clears throat> there are plenty of things on camera. There are statements that have been made that have formulated people's opinions one way or another about Andrew Tate. I've tried to approach this as reasonably and even handed as I can because you just don't know. I think if the things that were said about him are true, then he should have his day in court. But since the beginning of this, I definitely had some questions in terms of you know, why are they confiscating his car collection before they've ever even really found him guilty of anything? Uh, there's a lot of weird questions that made me kind of think, is this uh, a flex? Are they trying to, you know, take money for get money from him or, you know, or are maybe both things true? You know, in the real world, Andrew Tate is not a perfect individual. Um, he says some things that uh, I agree with and he says some things that I don't agree with. But I think it's important to be fair in the reporting. And there was this article that came out yesterday that was reported basically only one place on the internet. And I think that that's interesting. It's why I intend, it's why like a lot of people, you know, especially <clears throat> female colleagues of mine in this space, I think that they get mad that, you know, maybe I'm more willing to, to accept more. I, I, I ask more questions about this. And it's because of the way that it's being reported, because of the way that it's being tried as a case. Um, you know, the, the information that's out there seems like if it were true, then you wouldn't need to be up to shenanigans, but why wouldn't anybody cover this story? Came out in the New York Post yesterday, Andrew Tate, quote, accusers claim they made clear that they are not victims. The case against Andrew Tate is basically built on lies, according to two women who say they're being, being treated as accusers despite repeatedly saying that they are not victims. The official Twitter handle of the still jailed influencer was among those sharing an interview of the two women who li uh, listed as victims uh, of what the remaining investigators call organized crime. This is very unfair. <clears throat> they don't deserve it, said one of the women, neither of whom was named in the clip he shared, but he described both of them as social media influencers. I don't understand. The prosecutor said that we're victims in this case when we obviously declared that we are not, she said. So this case is basically built on lies, she said, asking, how can I trust the Romanian authorities? The interview on Ermesia appeared to show the duo, one blonde and the other with dark hair. Uh, in the clip, which appeared to be heavily edited, one of the women said that the pair were introduced to Tate and his 34-year-old brother, one of the co-accused through mutual friends. We ended up being like family, she said of the Tate brothers. I've never worked for them or with them. We're just very, very close. Okay, so they banged or something, I guess. She maintained that she 
has constantly made clear that she does not view herself as a victim throughout the investigation, which stated in April last year after the 22-year-old American woman said that she'd been held against her will um, uh, by Andrew Tate. I think it's pretty embarrassing that nine months after the first raid in April last year, when he gave our when we gave our statements in which clearly we said we weren't the victims, that they were being used against the brothers, she said. I'm pretty annoyed and upset, and I don't understand why this is happening. Now, to be clear, allegedly there's more than just two individuals in this case, but the fact that two of them uh, have come out and said, no, we're, we aren't victims. Now, you can dislike the things he does. You can dislike the way he talks about women. You can dislike the way he treats women. I'm only interested in whether or not he did anything criminal. And um, it just seems like if you had these clear charges, if you had a clear case, why didn't you, why didn't anything happen back in April and the first time around? And now nine months later, at least two of the pieces of your case are saying, we don't want any part to, we don't want anything to do with this. Now, a lot of people will be, take this and say, okay, well, this is proof that it's the matrix going after Andrew Tate and, and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's true. Uh, it's certainly proof that, I mean, all you can do is take these women at their word. If they say they weren't victims, then you really can't refute that. Only they can say that, whether they were or weren't, right? Um, and if they came out and said, no, no, we're, we're as consensual or whatever the case is, I'm not exactly sure how they end up on the complaint side of this. Hi, uh, I will also like to thing. I think it's pretty embarrassing that nine months after the first raid in April last year, we gave our statement in which clearly we said we weren't the victims. It wasn't until a couple of days ago, I think. Yeah, a couple of days ago that we found out about the whole situation. So I'm pretty annoyed and upset and I don't understand why this is okay, happening. Just a second, because I have to speak in my language for all the people. So now this is two of potentially, I think there was six. Um, but in a separate interview also shared to Tate's Twitter page, his attorney also appeared to reference the two women when asked about the six complainants. Not true. It's not two complaints, but six, he told Gandul. He said that several statements in the case were made from people presented as victims who did not have the status of injured parties or having ever filed complaints against the Tates. In his interview, the attorney revealed that both Tate brothers are unmarried dads without elaborating on how many kids each, kid ha each guy has. Don't care. He also suggested that the influencers, influencers being tried in part on his social media persona, noting that how many online create a reprehensible, immoral image on social media while really having stable, solid moral principles. Well, so that's his case of saying, well, this is just a, a character he's playing. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. The thing is, like, you, I feel like there's been enough smoke here. It's time to see some of the flames. It's time to see some of the fire. And if it exists, well, then he should have his day in court. Um, but if it doesn't exist, it's awfully curious. This morning they reappeared in court um, to appeal. And now I think they were sent back to prison or jail while they await the judge's decision. Now, in the case of the Tate brothers, quote, 
I don't know what their intention was in social media to promote themselves, the lawyer said, but I'm left wondering, could this intention on social media stand as evidence in a criminal prosecution case? Andrew Tate suggested Sunday that he had been hospitalized, sharing a report on why saying the Matrix has attacked me. He and his brother are due back in court Tuesday, that's today, where they are fighting the decision to keep them locked up until the end of the month. Tate, meanwhile, suggests that his arrest was merely a sign of his greatness. It seems very generations, great revolutionaries suffer from some fair unfair imprisonment, he said on Twitter. This is a, you know, it's certainly a weird case. You know, I have to see some of the evidence. You know, I have people telling me, what's crazy is I have people close to me telling me like, oh yeah, there's all sorts of evidence. Um, this is definitely happening. He's going to prison. Um, you know, I, I'm just sure of it, they'll say. Maybe they are, but I'm trying to just be a little extra cautious because I think, you know, two things might be true. Maybe he is scummy, but did he break the law? And, you know, it's just like in a world of Jeffrey's Island and all these other things where the FBI is talking to Twitter and all this stuff, isn't it possible that there's more to this than than meets the eye? You don't have to like the guy, but... You know, you see, it's difficult to know if this is trumped up or not. Now, authorities say that the victims were coerced into participating in, you know, filming videos for distribution on social media. And that one, uh, again, the R word comes up here, and that's where things get a little more serious. Um, obviously, if that were true, that's a whole different ball of wax. That's a very serious crime um, that goes well beyond the, the, the he said, she said stuff. I, I don't think Andrew Tate needs to take women against their will, but I didn't think Bill Cosby did either. Or um, Darren Sharper, former Green Bay Packer safety, or you know all this. So I don't know. I think it's a totally reasonable position to have. I think people are really you know turned up emotionally about this. But... You don't know. We don't know. We haven't seen any of the evidence. What we've seen is a lot of people say, oh, the guy's a douchebag and I hate him, so therefore everything that they said about him must be true. But we don't really know that. Why are they seizing his assets? If they really have this rock-solid case, why do they need an additional 30 days to build it? Why didn't they try it nine months ago in April? I mean, all these things erode. And I don't know what the Romanian justice system's like, but I certainly know the United States one is corrupt and can be corrupted by money. So why couldn't the Romanian one? To me, I thought this was a shakedown from, this, from, from Jump Street. Now, again, that's not saying whether or not these other things happened. I'm saying they seemed awfully concerned with getting those supercars, didn't they? I, I don't know. I think there's plenty of information here to, to, to fuel the rumor or the thought that this is there are motivations for this other than justice. But I think when you have people coming forward and say, hey, I'm on this complaint as a complainant or as a victim and I'm not, I think that's a fair question to ask. Are the other four legitimate? Okay, well, we'll have to see, I suppose. That's what court's for. There's uh, been kind of a, a sad uh, revelation that I've gone through over the past couple of years that was really brought to light by the various lockdowns. And 
depends on them. Yeah, I feel like you all know that uh, my position on whether or not people got the poke or whatever, that's your, you know, that's a very personal decision. It's none of my business to tell you what to do, especially in terms of your own body. Uh, I wish that more people felt this way. In particular, um, some of the talking heads uh, that refer to themselves as the science. First, we saw um, Bill Nye debase himself with his just Im unimaginably cringe embracing of far left politics, like uh, his his junk song, uh, his his ill-conceived rap song or whatever he had on his show. Then we had Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think, by the way, both of these people are not stupid. Um, Bill Nye, I think, less so than Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson is still, I, I mean, I think is like far more educated uh, than Bill Nye. But both are still and have become TV personalities, which in many ways compromises them in my opinion and there's nothing worse than watching these types of discussions where debate is discouraged we've been fighting about we've been fighting this in our world here on youtube and you know you my viewers uh we've together we've all been kind of like this is insanity you know people have to be able to talk people have to be able to debate to see it come from scientific leaders in the community is particularly frustrating and embarrassing but this isn't the first time Neil deGrasse Tyson has gotten involved in it. I think that a lot of these people, you know, they, they become a brand. They become bigger than who they really are. Um, and they, they think that, or maybe people are telling them uh, something that what they should be saying, that they should use their platform for political reasons. Like they have, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson is facing backlash after uh, online after he tweeted about um, Pew Pew passings over the weekend. In the tweet, the astrophysicist and author Cooley referred to the event that happened in Ohio and Texas. These are, you know, mass type events, suggesting they pale in comparison to deaths from other causes. Well, it's true. They do. Uh, it's just not a great take from a scientific, a scientist. And especially when, you know, you're supposed to be the mouthpiece of the left, a mouthpiece, you know, you even have Neil deGrasse Tyson saying the good thing about science is that it's true, whether or not you believe it, of course, getting into it with stakeums. You see, the irony of Neil's tweet is that by framing science itself as true, is influencing people to be more skeptical of it in a time of unprecedented misinformation. Science is an ever-refining process to find truth, not a dogma. No matter his intent, this message isn't helpful. And that's from Stakeums. You know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, why is Stakeums telling Neil deGrasse Tyson what's true or untrue? because Neil deGrasse Tyson is not a scientist anymore, I guess. You know, he's a brand. And he went on the podcast uh, with Patrick Bet David, and it was not awesome. 
your choice. own body. Your own body. Sorry. If you want to uh-huh. get an abortion, get an abortion. If I want to mm-hmm. get the vaccine, I get to choose. So you can't force. If, if I can't force you to get an abortion, you shouldn't be able to force because me to get Because it's the, not about you. It's about people you interact with. And that's the social contract of public but we health. Don't, we don't even know if the vaccine worked or not at the time. Yes, that's what the trials are. Dude, that's why these. Why do you think he's reacting so emotionally here? The thing is, <clears throat> there's always this like entrance of emotion into these. It's embarrassing for a scientist to be like to have this visceral of a of physical reaction to even a mild pushback. And also, by the way, his logic is extraordinarily flawed because he's saying that people should get the poke because you know we unknowingly can infect other people. And then that's why it's like a public thing to get it, okay? Except it doesn't stop transmission, does it? Even though there were dozens of, not only that, not just transmission, but actually getting it. There were dozens of videos, including the president who said, oh, if you if you get the poke, you're not going to get it. Well, that's not true. Then it turned into, well, if you get the poke, it won't be as bad. Okay, well... See, that's one thing, right? Like, why not make that the, the, the marketing point for getting it, right? If you get it, you're probably going to survive it if you get this poke. Like, that, that became basically the party line after all the facts came out, right? Missing data out but, there? But let me ask you a question. Are we saying only one type of scientists are right? No. We're saying that the system in place. The 16,000 oh, that signed that. No, no, no. The, the system in place to test vaccines. Yeah. Th- th- there's an entire system that's in place. That, that doesn't mean it's infallible. That, that with review boards and all of this, yeah, the average- that's in place. Now, you can say, you can ch- what you can say is, I, I have a better idea than all these review boards and all these agencies and the CDC. I have a better idea. Here's what you should do. And that would have made everything better. Okay. You can put forth that idea. But what I'm saying is, in a case where you can contaminate someone else, it's not about you. It's- but it didn't stop that. It's about the collective You're assuming. health. You're assuming. You're assuming because somebody can take the vaccine. Uh, won't get COVID, which, by the way, I don't need to play the clips for you to see it where everybody said, hey, if you get it, you're not going to get If you take the vaccine, you're not going to get it. Rachel Maddow, Joe Biden, I can give you Fauci. I can give you fi- – and you've seen these clips before. It's not like you've never seen it before. Yeah, yeah. What happened? They was- were wrong. Hold on. So. Yeah. Ah. 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 So. Um, uh, 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 the strain evolved. Okay. That may be true. Okay, but you can see here, Anomaly says, here's what Patrick was correctly telling emotional, angry, dishonest shill Degrassi. We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people, the the, the, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Our data from. Oops. Now again, I think that 
<laughs> social contract, the system in place, collective. I mean, how come, how come a company's made $81 billion off of it? And these are fair questions to ask. And by the way, once you're poked up, you can still spread it. So again, I'm not saying whether or not it's effective or not. I'm just saying it's awfully curious that scientists who made their entire careers off the back of questioning things were so quick to say, no, no, this, nobody should question this. It's about the collective. He's just too far inside of it. Like, I don't, you know, can Neil or someone else inform me where I signed a social contract? You know, I mean, I think like, I, I just, you know, it, it's such an, an emotional topic and stuff like that. And obviously I'm not a doctor and I've always tried to be very clear about saying like, hey, don't take my advice for it. I think people should, you know, meet with their, their own doctors or their their families or their religious leaders or whatever, whoever it is that they trust and they should make those decisions for themselves. I don't think anyone uh, would behoove people for that. But I do think that it's, it's a little embarrassing to see Neil deGrasse Tyson, somebody who's thought of as a thinker, a great scientist, to be up here saying like, yeah, well, you should put this thing in your body that you can't take out, right? It's in there now. You can't take it out. But oopsie, things changed, things evolved. Well, people should be able to wait and make that decision. I think that that's very reasonable and very scientific. We all know uh, one of the early mantras of this channel, uh, of course, being get woke, go broke. We know that there have been several great examples of that in both large scale and small scale over the years. But certainly there have been cases of getting woke working for people, it certainly worked temporarily at least for a lot of companies. But now that people are making decisions financially that are driven by what's left in their bank account, not about what they can tweet out about, you're gonna see a reckoning with a lot of these companies that have been more concerned with um, signaling out uh, than actually putting together a good product. In this particular video, uh, we'll talk about Disney uh, now losing $123 billion in the last year due to, in large part, many of the decisions they made that were not quality driven. This article came out not that long ago. Woke fail. Disney lost $123 billion in market value in 2022. A share dropped 44% in its worst year since 1974. Now I wanna point out though, that Bob Iger in late November, when returning to Disney, doubled down on providing woke content. We cannot lose that, we just can't. Now I think that there is a way to create content that is both inclusive and entertaining. The problem is very few people seem to remember what, I don't know, um, the 90s television was like i mean pe people think you know they put a they put a diverse cast on screen and they act like fresh prince of bel-air wasn't the most popular show among uh you know suburban kids households for years uh 
There's, you know, or shows like Family Matters. Uh, you know, the, the, you have a lot of good, wholesome television that that was also diverse, inclusive, and dealt with social justice issues like Fresh Prince of Bel Air did. He dealt with the, you know, fatherhood abandonment. He dealt with they dealt with crime. They dealt with pills. All these shows in the '90s dealt with all this stuff, and they dealt in a, with it in a way that felt organic and unforced in your face. People forget the the slow music at the end of episodes when, you know. They would uh, talk about the lesson of that episode, and it always had some some uh, some kind of um, deep rooting in today's um, culture. I remember there was a Family Matters episode where um, students paste uh, spray painted like the N word on on Lisa's um, locker, uh, you know, and like that was a heavy episode. Or Fresh Prince of Bel Air when you know Will's dad abandons him. Uh, super heavy episode or will protects Carlton from uh, robbers at the ATM or, you know, there's, there's endless, I mean, just about every episode of step-by-step or, uh, you know, all these episodes had dealt with social issues in a way that never felt awkward, but whatever it is, like Disney just doesn't, isn't interested in doing that. Um, They're more interested in just surface level engagement and surface level congratulations so that articles can be written like, oh, it's the first ever, uh, you know, time two women kissed on camera. Now give us money. But they aren't concerned with actually putting out a good product. So what happens is over time, you bring in the communities that are interested in that kind of stuff, right? That are motivated by that. And when they show up and the movie sucks, even they don't come back. So you alienate people up front by saying, oh, we have this social justice issue that you've got to really understand about this cartoon. And then the product that you put out isn't good. So even the people that are interested in it don't come back. So you double whammy yourself, which is essentially what happened to Disney. They they were so concerned about telling you how inclusive their movies were um, and how, how diverse they were. They forgot that they actually have to put together good movies. Disney's abysmal 2022 represents its worst year since 1974 when the company's stock dropped 54%. According to Dow Jones market data, for 2022, Disney's stock was the second worst performing among 30 companies that comprise the Dow Jones Industrial Average after Salesforce.com, which fell 48%. They've had huge layoffs too, and they've got more coming. Disney has experienced a nonstop parade of bad news in 2022. The company reported surprisingly weak profitability for its most recent quarter, sending the stock in a downward spiral after prompting the abrupt firing of CEO Bob Chappick and the return of former CEO Bob Iger. Disney also picked an ill-advised fight with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over the state's anti-parental uh, rights and education law. As a result, the Walt Disney World lost its lucrative self-governing status in the Orlando area, a privilege that the company had enjoyed for decades. I mean, this is, you know, unfortunately, you know, Hollywood overall, you see as, as news reported, it was a terrible year for Hollywood overall. Major Hollywood studio streamers, cable providers, and other media giants lost a combined $542 billion in market value in 2022. With left-wing Disney, Netflix, and Comcast accounting for the bulk of the bloodshed. People just want to be entertained. You know, people just want to have a good product. It's why Top Gun did so good. It's why the Fast and the Furious made $900 million at, at literal the height of the coup. At the height of the global worldwide lockdowns, 
Fast and Furious made still almost made a billion dollars, which is mind blowing to me. That's a movie that probably would have made two billion dollars because people are just so hungry for a good time, so hungry for just a movie that is fun and doesn't like preach at you and doesn't, uh, you know, uh, have to hit every little issue of modern culture on the nose. Uh, you have. Uh, you know, Top Gun Maverick, a movie that was a fine movie, but forgettable. You know, like it was good action sequences, um, just a good movie, you know, but nothing like, you know, not going to get any Academy Awards or anything like that. The highest grossing movie, like, you know, in the last five years. Gigantic success. You could even say Avatar, even though I think it just finally broke even. That. Thing's gonna bring 1.5 billion dollars. Now it is the, Avatar does have kind of a heavy-handed viral environmentalism uh, kind of subtext subplot to it. And James Cameron made some horrendous statements about um, testosterone recently. But this is the reality. Like you can't just survive on woke politics getting you likes and retweets. You've got to actually do the work. And that's exactly what's happening. Disney employees told. They must show up in the office at least four days a week. CEO Bob Iger told employees at the entertainment conglomerate that they will now be expected to work at least four days a week in the office. The company's board of directors restored Iger, who previously served as chief executive for more than a decade, to his former job at the end of last year and removed would-be successor Bob Chappick from the top position. Iger said that employees currently working in a hybrid fashion will be asked to spend four days a week on site, targeting Monday through Thursday as in-person workdays, according to a memo obtained by Fox Business and many outlets. Well, here's the reality about work from home. It can work very well for the right people. Self-motivated people, in particular workaholics, you know, people that are, are like, hey, you'll end up getting more hours of work out of them because they're at home and they can never escape it. Uh, like myself, it can work good for but then there's a lot of people that it just does not work good for. And there are a lot of jobs that it doesn't work perfect for either. I struggle to work remotely with, for example, my coffee company employees or another company that's launching soon that I'll be able to tell you about. You know, we can only use Slack so much. Sometimes I want to like a nectar ring, you know, or I want to be able to talk to somebody face to face. And um, that's just my methodology. I, don't, I didn't like remote work when I was in the office uh, space. I like to see my employees. I like to see them there working. I like to walk over their desk and look them in the eye and talk about something important. But that's like a boomer take. I, I know that like statistically there are many jobs that you can do just fine from home. Just not for everybody, which is what kind of became the thing. Like everyone gets to work from home now. Well, you let a lot of people who just probably weren't responsible enough to do it. He said, as you've heard us say many times, creativity is at the heart and soul of what we do at Disney, the executive remarked. And in a creative business like ours, nothing can replace the ability to connect, observe, and create with peers that comes from being physically together, nor the opportunity to grow professionally by learning from leaders and mentors. Many companies permitted employees to work virtually when government lockdowns shuttered offices across the country for three years. As lockdowns and mandates subsided, however, Many firms experience difficulties coaxing workers back to work. I think we saw this with, um, what's the JP Morgan or something, a big bank in New York too. 
Time savings from avoiding commutes as well as flexibility to balance work and personal matters are primary benefits cited by remote work and hybrid workers. Yeah, it's nice. But it's over now for Disney. All hands on deck. Maybe you should have focused on putting out high quality products for the past couple of years when you had, you know, 75% of the world as a captive audience when we were all stuck at home. Now you actually have to work to get our eyeballs. It's not so easy now, is it? Logan Paul um, seems to have been given a pass by the internet for many years, continuingly being just making terrible, terrible decisions. And his fans continue to fawn and give him money. Gets huge contracts with the WWE. Uh, he's had what he's been accused of having not one, not two, but three different rug pulls from what I can understand all this stuff. I don't care about people want to invest their money in crypto and get rug pulled. That's on them. I don't care about Logan Paul's crappy $8 coconut water that everyone thinks is super unique. I don't care about Logan Paul being a fake wrestler or a fake boxer. Um, but now I do have something that Logan Paul did that I am not a fan of, and that is abandoning his pets. Fans trash Logan Paul when his former pet pig was found sick, abandoned, and scared in a field. Fans are furious with YouTuber Logan Paul after it was discovered that his former pet pig, Pearl, was reportedly found sick, mangled, and abandoned in a field. Situation came to light after a California-based animal sanctuary, The Gentle Barn, shared a video on TikTok detailing the animal's rescue. Pearl was found alone in a field next to another pig that had passed away. The caption says, She came to us with tattered ears, potential life-threatening infection, uh, and that has since been healed. She's clearly been through so much trauma we can't even begin to imagine, but now she's safe with us at The Gentle Barn. This is a, a, a particular, a very annoying, frustrating thing uh, that I see happen with uh, influencers <clears throat> who get pets for clicks. Uh, and once the clicks go away, so do their interest in those pets. It's like when you see these like weirdo Hollywood people have like 15 dogs and they're all those little ankle biter dogs or whatever. Like they get a dog so they can post about how they got a new dog on social media. And then it just goes right in. The, nobody pays any attention to their pets. It's sad. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, it'd be one thing if this was the first time for Logan. But, um, you know, the influencer also notes that Pearl had been purchased by an influencer and was irresponsibly rehomed at some point. People often buy mini pigs or teacup pigs for clout online, believing they will stay small when they inevitably grow very large and have many unexpected needs, they're sadly discarded. The video description says that is true. You know, I have a brother that is a farmer and we often share laughs at all the fools that buy teacup pigs, all the farmers that get rich selling these idiots teacup pigs, but they're not actually teacup pigs. They're just piglets and people are too stupid to know uh, to do the research. And so they pay exorbitant fees for a pig that they might normally get 10 bucks for as a piglet. Um, the video also says Pearl was owned by a YouTuber and she's lucky to be alive. All we know is that she ended up abandoned and scared with mangled ears and a broken heart. The video said, okay, well, you know, I don't know if you know how her heart was broken or not, but nonetheless, the comments are of course filled with outrage for Paul 
in his alleged role in Pearl's abandonment. You have some explaining to do, one fan wrote. We see what you did. But this is not the first time. I mean, Logan Paul has had uh, innumerable pets that he's abandoned. Um, now, this particular animal was rehomed several times uh, after the fact. See, Logan Paul, I bought Pearl over a year ago. I was told she was a mini pig. Yeah, you didn't do any research. Of course, you see pigs of TikTok. <laughs> Pearl was found alone in a field next to another pig who had passed away. She came to us with all sorts of problems. What we've been told, it's believed she was purchased originally from a breeder by an influencer. People often buy mini pigs or teacups for cloud online. They get rid of, yeah, of course. You know, of course, they're going to clout grab off of him, which is a fair. Um, you see also Logan Paul's email. Logan Paul's leaked email about his abandoned pig, Pearl, being found nearly dead. Tells the sanctuary he wants to do anything he can to help Pearl. Best thing to do is to stay as far away at this from this as possible. Now, interesting, Logan emailed after getting called out. This is a guy that had Kong, a pet that was eaten by a coyote. Maverick was eaten by another pet that he had. Ginger, who he gave away. Broly, given away. Pancake, given away. Pearl, given away. There's a pattern. There are bad pet owners out there. I don't know if this infographic is 100% correct or not, but let's say hypothetically it is. Every pet this man's ever had, he's given away. Also, of course, CryptoZoo, Elon Gate, Emacs, and Dink Donk all rug pulled, according to this graphic as well. Logan responds saying, Pearl was rehomed to an amazing ranch that I visited in Santa Clarita. When I moved to Puerto Rico, I was unable to bring her to the island. She lived there happily for 10 months before the owner sold the ranch. She was then rehomed without my knowledge to the farmer across the street. As far as I know, the farmer called General Barn to pick her up and denies there was any second pig whatsoever and Pearl was transferred alone. This is a heartbreaking situation. I had Pearl for two years. I'm beyond thankful to General Barn for taking her in. And, you know, in his defense, he did email this, writing, It was just brought to my attention, a pig I owned nearly two years ago, Pearl, was rescued and rehomed by your organization. I'm thanking, you know, thankful for you. Pearl lived very happily at my home in Encino for two years. She was treated like the princess she is, bathed regularly, ate a variety of healthy meals, roamed the yard, and had shelter pen of her own. I'd even sleep with her sometimes. We moved to Puerto Rico in April. She was unable to come with me, so she was rehomed. From my understanding, she lived there for about 10 months until the homeowner moved as well. Pearl was then rehomed to a farmer across the street with a promise of care. I've heard that he called your organization to pick her up. It's shocking heartbreaking for what it's worth. I'd love to send a token of my gratitude to your organization, Money, for taking Pearl in and doing something so kind. Maybe it'll be a bunch of energy drinks. Wouldn't that be cool? Or some crypto zoo tokens. Look, I, you know, sometimes you have to give up a pet. That happens. Maybe your apartment complex doesn't take them anymore. We've all had, maybe you are a viewer who've had to give up a pet before. But we all probably at least know somebody that had to give up a pet. Um, I remember we had an iguana. Someone got it for uh, me and my then girlfriend as a gift. Her mom got it for us as a gift. Not a great gift because the dang things live for like 30 years and then they get big and they get aggressive. And we were college kids 
and we had to spend all this money on an enclosure inside of our apartment for this thing. Ended up giving it to a school teacher, thankfully, along with the enclosure and everything like that. Much better spot for that, for old Oscar. But, uh, and I hated that thing. Oh, I hated that thing. It was gross. Not a reptile guy. But anyway, uh, you know, it happens, okay? I went on to then rehome re and adopt. I've had probably about 10, 15 cats. Well, at least 10 since then, and many dogs and things of that nature that all lived healthy, long lives. It doesn't necessarily make you a bad pet owner to give one up. Um, the, the fact is that, you know, Logan Paul is somebody who's given up a handful of pets already. People shouldn't be getting pets for clicks, but that's exactly what they do. They get a teacup pig so they can do uh, clickbait, clickbait videos like this or clickbait thumbnails like this, things of that nature. So he's been getting absolutely crushed online for it, rightfully so. Again, this is a guy that's had, uh, looks like a Pomeranian that got eaten by a coyote, a bird that got eaten by his other dog, another dog that he gave away. Just, uh, you know, just a bad, 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 bad pet owner. Someone that shouldn't have pets. And, you know, his channel basically, I'm sure he'll have another, yet another. By the way, this doesn't go into anything with his other zoo, you know, his crypto zoo. Which, uh, you know, for a large, large portion, he keeps saying he's going to make right. This crypto stuff with creators is beyond weird to me. You know, I see all my viewers as like individuals and like, if I'm going to sell them something, I, you know, it's got to be something legit or, you know, but like all these big creators are like, oh, I'm huge. I'll just sell a bunch of my nameless, faceless viewers. Uh, this dream of, I don't know, getting rich on crypto. I, I, I don't really know. Certainly, you know, hopefully Logan, you know, he's got all his, his gamer juice money. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, afford to rehome that pig. This is a guy that's basically gotten fake woke. He said all the right things during BLM and all this crap to get, uh, you know, uh, refavored with the internet. <laughs> Scam, crime, you know, I don't know. He says, you know, Logan says his pet pig wasn't irresponsible, rehomed before it was rescued by the famous Gentle Barn, immediately retweeted. People just don't like Logan. I don't really give a crap about him. Just stop uh, adopting pets you don't care about, please. That would be great. Maybe stop ripping off your viewers if you have time. Hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. And if you haven't yet, please click that subscribe button down below, and we'll talk to you again real soon.